Well, please take your Bibles, and uh, if you'll turn with me at this time, we're in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We're studying the fruit of the Spirit this summer. We're learning how God uses the fruit of the Spirit in your life to help you grow more like Jesus. That's what it's all about. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ, the character of Jesus. And so as you grow in the fruit of the Spirit, you are growing to be more like Christ. And so far in our series, we've looked at the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience. Today we come to the fruit of kindness. Kindness. So in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against such things there is no law. This is the Word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we uh, look into your Word again this morning, as we've been studying each of these fruit of the Spirit, Lord, we don't want to just learn them to learn about them. Lord, we want to grow in each one. And uh, as a number of people told me last week, I'm really trying to grow in patience. Lord, now you're throwing another one our way. So help us with all of these, Lord, and help us today as we learn about kindness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, today's fruit of the Spirit is such an important one, and, and it's one that is sadly lacking in our world today. And in a world of cynicism and criticism, sarcasm and scorn, it sometimes seems people have forgotten how to be kind to each other. And the sad thing is, is that although it is easy to be unkind to others, you know, it's really not that hard to be kind to each other either. It's not a difficult thing. But you see, when our focus is on ourselves... Uh, we either just don't take the time or we don't make the effort. When Paul described love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love chapter in the Bible, the very first two words he used were patience and kindness. Begins, love is patient, love is kind. Kindness involves compassion, caring, and giving. Kindness is necessary in order for societies to exist in some form of decency and respectability. Kindness is love in your life, active and alive, towards the people around you. And whereas we've learned that love has to do with your attitude, and joy has to do with your emotions, peace has to do with your mind, patience has to do with your reactions, kindness has to do with your behavior. I will grow in kindness as I allow the Spirit to inspire my behavior. You see, kindness is not just the way you feel towards others, but it's how you act towards them. A person who is kind-hearted but never acts in those feelings in his or her heart, that person is not actually kind because you've got to act on it for it to be kindness. And so this world needs a lot more kindness in it. Your life needs a lot more kindness. The people around you need a lot more kindness. So let's take a look at the fruit of kindness together. There's an outline in your worship guide. I'd encourage you to take that out if you haven't already. It'll help you to follow along the message. It's a place to jot down some notes as we go along as well. So first we want to see what does the Bible tell us about kindness in God? 
And the Bible tells us that kindness is, uh, that God's kindness is part of his character. It's actually at the very heart of God's character, kindness. When God revealed his name and his character to Moses in the Old Testament, he proclaimed himself as the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And as we will see, God's kindness has to do with his compassion, his grace, his love. And here God presents himself as the compassionate and gracious God who is abounding in love. And the Hebrew word here that's translated love in this verse, it's such an important word uh, relating to God in the Bible. It's a word that refers to his kindness, his mercy, his faithfulness. In fact, some of our Bible translations even translate this word as God's loving kindness. I love that. That's such a beautiful word. God's loving kindness. Psalm 136 uses this same word also to describe God's character. Psalm 136.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And that word translated love in that verse, same word we find for God's loving kindness in the book of Exodus. And the amazing thing about Psalm 136 is that the psalm keeps repeating this description of God over and over. Read it sometimes. 26 times in 26 verses, we are told that God's loving kindness endures forever. And that's because God's kindness is at the very heart of his character. The Bible also tells us that God's kindness leads to repentance. Romans 2.4 asks the question, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? See, when we hear of God's judgments, we often run the other way, right? But you see, when we, when we hear of God's kindness to us in the gospel, then we are drawn to Jesus and we want to turn away from our sins. At the same time, however, we need to be careful that we never take God's kindness for granted. And this is why Paul, later on in the book of Romans, he cautions us to consider both the kindness and the sternness of God. For example, we read in Romans eleven twenty two, 22, it says, Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And so God's kindness leads us to repentance, but please don't ever take God's kindness for granted. Paul urges you to continue in his kindness. The Bible also shows how Jesus' life was full of kindness. Jesus is the Son of God who displayed all the fruit of the Spirit in his life, and we certainly see that when it comes to the fruit of kindness. For example, we read in Matthew 9, 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion on people 
And then he turned that compassion into action. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He touched the lepers. He taught the crowds. He took time to be with people. He sat down. He ate with the sinners. He even forgave those who crucified him. And these are all wonderful acts of kindness. But you know what? The ultimate act of kindness was when Jesus laid down his life for us at the cross. Ephesians 1, 7 tells us, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace and the riches of God's kindness and his grace were never more on full display than when Jesus gave his life for you and for me on the cross. And that leads us directly into our next point this morning, which is the relationship between God's kindness and his grace. Because you see, God's kindness and grace go together in the Bible. God's kindness is part of his grace to us. And when we consider God's kindness in relationship to grace, several things immediately come to the forefront. First of all, the Bible tells us that God's kindness to us is undeserved. It's undeserved. There's a little hum in the sound system. Maybe just bring the mains down just a little bit. I think that'll back off that hum. That will help us a little. Thanks. We read in Titus 3, 4, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And Titus is saying, the kindness that God has shown us in Christ, this is completely undeserved. In fact, it's the exact opposite of what we deserved, right? We did not deserve God's kindness. Rather, we deserved his sternness that we looked at earlier. We did not deserve God's kindness. Rather, we deserved his just punishment for our sins. In other words, God did not save us because we were good, but because he is kind. Isn't that marvelous? God's kindness is not only undeserved, the Bible also tells us that God's kindness is unearned. It's unearned. We read in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not by work so that no one can boast. And so God's grace, it's something you receive by faith rather than something you earn by your works. Grace, by definition, is something that is unearned. If you can earn it, it's no longer grace. That's the way it works. And so God's kindness to us is both undeserved and unearned. And then thirdly, God's kindness should motivate us to be kind to others. Matthew 18, 33, Jesus sums up a parable, the parable of the unmerciful servant, with these words. He says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In other words, because God has been merciful to us, we have an obligation to be merciful to others. But we shouldn't be kind to others simply out of a sense of obligation. We should want to be kind to others. We should desire to be kind to others because we want to be like God, our Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he said, but love your enemies. 
do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. As sons of our heavenly father, sons and daughters who want to be like our heavenly father, we should be kind to others, not simply out of obligation, but because God is kind to others. And we want to be like our Father. Jesus said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And so when we consider God's kindness in relation to His grace, these are the three things we see in particular. God's kindness is undeserved. God's kindness is unearned. And God's kindness should motivate us to be kind to others. God freely gave His grace to you. How can you not freely show grace to others? So we've looked at kindness in God. We've looked at kindness in God's grace. Finally, now we come to see what does the Bible tell us about growing in kindness? Because once again, we don't just want to, to, to hear these words and learn about each of these fruit of the Spirit. We want to grow in them. What good is fruit if it doesn't grow, right? We want to grow. And so we want to grow in kindness. So here are five things. Five things that you can do right away to start growing in kindness. You can start doing these things today, tomorrow, all week long. And if you'll do these five things, you will start growing in kindness. Here we go. Number one, consider God's kindness to you in Christ Jesus. Consider God's kindness to you in Christ. Ephesians 2.7 speaks of the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Was there ever a love like God's that sent His Son into the world to die on the cross for your sins? Was there ever a love like God's that sent His only Son to die in your place? The Bible says, no, the Bible says we are talking about the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. There is no love or kindness that even begins to compare. And when you consider God's amazing kindness extended to you in Christ, that will motivate you now to be kind to others in return. We read from Ephesians 4.32 earlier in the service. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. First way to grow in kindness. Considering God's kindness to us motivates us to grow in our kindness to others. A second way to grow in kindness is to give sacrificially to those in need. To give sacrificially. That's something every single person here in this room can do, by the way. You don't have to be wealthy to give sacrificially. In fact, the less you have, the more sacrificial it is to give. We can all give sacrificially, and it's a choice. It's a choice. Every day you've got that choice. Will I give or not? Will I help someone or not? In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in the New Testament, Paul writes about the Macedonian churches who gave generously to, to others in need even though they were in great need themselves. In other words, their giving was not only generous but sacrificial. And then Paul follows this up by pointing us to the sacrifice Jesus made for us at the cross. He writes in 2 Corinthians 8 9, he says, For you know the grace... 
Remember, grace and kindness go together. You know, the grace, the kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich, speaking in spiritual terms here. Jesus is the ultimate example of sacrificial giving because he gave the ultimate sacrifice in the giving of himself. And so as Christians, we should also give sacrificially to those in need. First John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 says this, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And there we see the importance of actions once again. I grow in kindness as I allow the Spirit to inspire my behavior, not just feelings, but actions. When we give sacrificially to others in need, we not only model ourselves after Jesus, but we open ourselves up to growing in His kindness and love. And it doesn't always have to be money or financial giving. We grow in the fruit of kindness anytime we sacrificially give, whether it's money or time or, or convenience. When we make those sacrifices to help another person in need. A third way to grow in kindness, and this is one we can certainly all do, is to speak kind words to other people. Speak a kind word to someone today. Can you do that? Of course you can. Speak a kind word to someone today. Might be someone you know, might be a stranger. Do it today. Proverbs 12, 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. You know, you and I, we have no idea, do we, what disappointments or what discouragements people are struggling with each day. And we can either add to their burden with disparaging or discouraging words or we can speak a kind word to them in the midst of their struggles that will lift them up and cheer them on their way. A kind word costs you nothing. Can you do that? Speak a kind word to someone today. And then a fourth way to grow in kindness is to remember God's promises in His Word for those who are kind. God's promises in His Word for those who are kind. Now, we read Jesus' words earlier from the Gospel of Luke, right? Where He said, love your enemies, do good to them without expecting anything back, right? Don't expect to get anything back. You go, well, how do you put those two together? Well, you shouldn't expect to get anything back from them, but you should expect that you're going to receive back from the Lord. Why? Because He has promised to reward you when you are kind. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, A kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man brings trouble on himself. Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will reward him for what he has done. We read in Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And so when you give, you are to freely give without seeking any reward from other people, but God has promised to reward your kindness. So look to God for your reward. He's told you to do that. 
That's a fourth way you can grow in kindness. Remember God's promises for those who are kind. And then finally, as with all the fruit of the Spirit, don't forget to make it a matter of prayer. Right? We, we've talked about this. God is the one who ultimately develops the fruit of the Spirit in you. Just like a tree can't say, got to grow an apple, got to grow an apple, right? No, it's just, it's got to come from the vine. It's got to come from that life force outside. You can, same thing with you. You can sit here and say, I'm going to be kind this week, got to be kind, 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 kind. You can't do it. You can't force yourself into this. Only God can develop the fruit of kindness in you. So ask God to do that. Say, God, please develop this fruit of kindness in me. So you got it, five ways, five things you can do this week, right? You can do every single one of these. Consider God's kindness to you in Christ. You can do that. Give sacrificially to those in need. Speak a kind word to someone. Do it today. Remember God's promises for those who are kind. Ask God to develop the fruit of kindness in your life. God's very character is marked by his loving kindness towards us. And without God's kindness, let's face it, we would all be lost, right? God has been kind to you in so many ways. His greatest kindness was sending his son to die for you so that you could be saved. God has been kind to us. How can we not be kind to each other? I will grow in kindness as I allow the Spirit to inspire my behavior. How extraordinary that one of the most important things God asks us to do is simply to be kind to one another. So make a commitment today to be kind to others as God has been kind to you. Realize that kindness is not just something you feel in your heart, but it's something you do with your hands and your feet. Look for ways to help those in need around you and to speak a kind word to someone who may be discouraged. Ask the Holy Spirit to inspire your behavior so that you may grow more like Jesus in your kindness to others. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the fruit of kindness. Lord Jesus, we thank you that this fruit was so evident in your life as you perfectly reflected the character of God for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your heart of kindness towards us. Lord, forgive us. We're sorry for the times when we've thought uh, wrong thoughts of you or uh, unworthy thoughts of you when we've thought that perhaps you were not being kind to us. We thank you that kindness is a, uh, the very heart of your character that you can only be kind to us because you are kind. And Lord, help us to grow in this beautiful fruit of kindness that we may contribute kindness and caring and compassion to the world around us, to be a force for good rather than a force for evil. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.